uh, are some awful bowl games this year. This is the worst schedule I've ever seen by a mile. Um, oh, but, it's this is how I was. We can start recording because this is exactly how I go was going to start. I wanted to get your guys take on whether I'm just getting old or whether this is actually the least interesting bowl season. I, I think it sounds like it actually is bad. And is that people said when the playoffs started that it was going to diminish the rest of the bowl games and it didn't really happen the first few years. I mean, yes, they obviously were less important, but there was fun games like the Bahamas bowl and it was enough to keep me interested all the time. And the new year six, new year six games were still good. This is the first year where I look at the slate up until basically up until like the very end of December. And I'm like, I, I don't care at all. I mean, I'll watch the games, of course, because I'm addicted and I'm sure some of them will be good, but it's nothing's hooking me the way it has even like two years ago. You're hundred percent right. Um, but I think it's wrong to say it's the playoff that did that. It's clearly the the uh, NIL slash uh, transfer portal. I mean, or not so much NLI, but just transfer portal. It's the portal and the opt-outs and the coaching carousel. Yeah. Cause I was looking through it's, that stuff and that it's sad because when we go through the games, we're going to have to talk about all that stuff is like yeah, almost more important than X's and O's. So uh, let me introduce the show. Cause we basically started, this is the take the points college football podcast. We are here to honor the birthday of America's greatest songwriter, Taylor Allison Swift. We're also going to pick a few football games. I knew you guys would hate that. But I got a seven-year-old daughter, so you know it's a, Taylor Swift is all the rage in second grade these days. Uh, we're really here to pick some football games, specifically the bowl season. It's our bowl spectacular, our favorite time of the year. And I'm Tom. I'm here with Dan and Ryan. I want to start the way we always start, Dan, with you giving your tips and tricks, not about any specific game, but about bowl season in general. It changes every year. We talked about the transfer portal. We talked about NIL. When you look at 2023-24 bowl season, what are the things you need to think about and look for when you're betting any game? Well, Tom, like anything in life, there is evolution. And when it comes to picking bowl games, the manifesto is never-ending evolution. It began with looking at the most important thing would be the 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 motivation of a team playing in the bowl game and which coaches are still there or have been fired or taken a new job. Now we've added on opt-outs for the NFL draft in the past couple of years. And now we have a fourth layer, which is now the most important and largest layer of all, which is the transfer portal. It's completely changed the way these games are being played. They are officially exhibition games at this point. Very few games mean anything to any of these teams. Uh, As we go through all these bowls over the next couple episodes, there's very few that we're going to say, wow, each team's motivated to win this game for X and Y reasons. A lot of it um, is just for a team to have a vacation and the schools to get a paycheck in the mail. Um, It used to be a lot for like, say a coach, you know, had like, nine wins and they can win a bowl game to get to 10 like that was a key number and it still is a key number like as we talk about this um or a team that's underachieved to to win and they got a bunch of guys coming back for next year and it's a good stepping stone to the following year at this point it's mostly just exhibition who's there who's not there a lot of unknowns you're going to see some some of these games where it looks like a lot of the players are opt out and they have no chance and new guys will come out of nowhere and step up. We saw two weeks ago in the AAC championship game with SMU and uh, Tulane SMU's quarterback all year, Preston stone, put up massive numbers, broke a leg out for the year. They have a true freshman starting. No problem. He looked amazing. The whole game was running around making plays and they easily handled Tulane in new Orleans. And you're going to see that happen a lot here, too. You're going to say, well, this team lost all their players, but they have all these new players. And watch, there is no change. Because, again, keep in mind, in college football, even though there's a lot of opt-outs and transfers, college football isn't necessarily about the players um, 
you know, it, it's more about the scheme and plugging um, athletes into a scheme. And uh, so every case is unique and you have to kind of look for that. But moral of the story, it's complicated. And these games are hard as hell to pick, but they're really fun. So um, good luck because I'm going to wager on all of them this year. I'm betting every game. I feel it's like my duty. I'm not going to miss one. I will text you all picks the entire bowl season. There will be a total or a side pick for every single game. I will not back down like Tom Petty. All season. Can't wait. Bring it on. Thank you. We'll get into the lines in just a moment, but Ryan, let's bring you in. We've been talking a lot. What do you want to say? What are you going to be looking forward to, or what are you going to be thinking about as we approach the bowl season? Yeah, I mean, Dan covered it. It's it's mostly the transfer portal is what I'm keeping an eye on. But here's the weird thing. like, Just because a guy's in the portal doesn't mean he's not going to play in the bowl game. Like, That's the weird thing. Like, And I think that's kind of stupid, too, to be honest with you. Like, that's the thing that actually bothers me more than the portal itself is like the guys that are like, I'm going to go in the portal, I'm going to transfer. But first, I'm going to finish out this year and play this bowl game. Then I'm going to leave these loser teammates and go find a better school. Like, it's kind of a dick move. Like, I mean, obviously they're not all for that reason, but like a lot of it is a lot of it is, you know, these guys who are really good at some of the, the low, the group of fives and they're moving on to a power five team. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to leave these idiots. But first, I guess I might as well play the Myrtle beach bowl first. Like, no, if you're going to leave then just leave, like you don't get to play the bowl game. So um, and then there's actually, Dan, a fifth layer that we didn't cover, and that is the guys missing the bowl game to preserve the redshirt year, which is also another new wrinkle. Uh, I've seen a few of those guys that are opting out to preserve the redshirt year. So just, you know, let's keep adding layers here as we go through this. All right. So, Dan, you're going to lead us through the games, and we always we say the teams we say the name of the bowl and we say the line and the over under and either you can do this or you can toss it to me. But I think w- before we even pick anything, we should just go through all of the opt outs and portal and who's missing what, because I think that's critical to every single game. There are some games I look at this and the team that played this season is basically not even the team that's playing in the bowl. It's basically the B squad. So let's get into this, Dan, start us off. Okay, so we got 10 games, I think, to cover tonight. At the end of the episode, we will talk about the playoff, give our playoff uh, predictions, maybe talk about Florida State, definitely talk about Washington. I have a, and, Yeah, uh, we have a lot of additional topics, but we'll save that for the we'll very that. end. And if it goes on too long, I'll make a little bonus episode. So All we're, right. we're going to start here with the, the bowl games. And like Dan All said, right, here we go. sorry, three parts, Not yet. three parts. We'll go through uh, next week's games. We'll be back next week with another show leading up to the playoff. And then we'll be back after Christmas with a playoff preview. So go ahead, Dan. Sorry. There are three more episodes after tonight. Maybe a fifth, maybe a recap final Hall of Fame. But anyway, we'll talk about that For later. sure. Okay. Um, here we go. Saturday, December 16th. Uh, Georgia Southern against Ohio in the Myrtle, Myrtle Beach Bowl, uh, Conway, South Carolina. Georgia Southern minus three and a half, total 48 and a half. Let's go through the opt outs and issues uh, in this game. Georgia Southern, not really missing much. Um, no one's really transferring out of any of their 22 starters. And they're, um, they had a couple of injuries. Their leading rusher was didn't play in the regular season finale, but looks like he'll be healthy. Ohio on the other side is missing everyone. Curtis Rourke, quarterback, out. Number one wide receiver, Miles Cross, out. Starting running back, out. Backup running back, out. Third wide receiver, out. Starting linebacker, out. They have nobody playing in this game. Um... Their backup quarterback, who played in the bowl game last year because Rourke was injured, he's out for the year with injury as well. So they're going to a true freshman, Parker Navarro. Hopefully it's Dave's son. 
and we'll see him potentially in Myrtle Beach. Um, him fill. Who will do a better job filling in this Navarro or Dave Navarro on the One Hot Minute album for the Chili Peppers? It would be him playing uh, the uh, cock rock the entire time with his left leg on top of the amplifier at all times during, and he'd be in there. With no shirt on, I mean, I mean, luckily it's in Myrtle Beach, so you don't need to wear a shirt so much, but no shirt, foot on the amplifier, and uh, leading the team. Okay, I'll start this one off because it's very easy. You have Ohio going to Myrtle Beach. It's way nicer there. So advantage vacation goes to Georgia Southern, who plays in a warmer climate and it's close to the home. Whose fans will be there? Georgia Southern, they'll actually make the trip. Who has players not in the portal? Georgia Southern. Is the spread under seven? It is. Are MAC teams good in bowl games? No, they're always terrible. This is really straightforward. Lay it with Georgia Southern. If it's wrong, so be it, but that's the correct play. Uh, Ryan, anything to add? Uh Uh-oh. Yes, I do have some things to add because you went through all those things that are all favoring Georgia Southern. And yet this line is three and a half. Why is that? Why is that, fellas? I'll give you a reason. It's a two-word answer. Clay Helton. Oh, did you forget Clay Helton's a Georgia Southern coach? Because I have not. It terrifies me to bet Clay Helton. But honestly, he actually coaches well in bowl games. So... I'm going to have to roll the dice, Dan. I'm going to agree with you on Georgia Southern, but I just find it kind of hilarious that despite Ohio missing literally their entire offense, it's still only a three and a half point line because Clay is the ultimate equalizer. Tom, what do you got? Sometimes when gambling, we talk about games where even if, even if you're wrong, you're still right. There is no other bet besides Georgia Southern here. You cannot bet on Ohio after all the stuff Dan said. I know Clay Helton scares me. He's the only reason that I wouldn't list this as the number one confidence pick of the entire bowl season. But to me, it's still a very high confidence pick. You've got to go with Georgia Southern here. Dan already, you articulated it perfect. Okay, great. Let's move on to the R&L Carriers New Orleans Bowl I like to shout out RNL for really locking down this bowl. They're one of the longest running sponsors, especially for a game that's played like two and a half weeks before the playoff games. Now, all the other names change, but not RNL. They know how to ship stuff and name bowl games. That's what they do. So we got Jacksonville State taking the one, Louisiana in the Superdome. Jacksonville State minus three, total 59 and a half. Quickly go through the opt-outs and portal and whatnot. Jacksonville State only missing their place kicker, which sounds small, but you know will come into play at some point. And uh, the Raging Cajuns have their starting linebacker transferring, and that's it. So, And also their starting left tackles out for the year recently as well. So that that's definitely not good. Outside of that, it's a pretty clean game in terms of player opt-outs and movement. I'll tell you what's not clean. Rich Rod... And he's the coach of Jacksonville State, so you got to be careful. Can you trust Rich Rod in New Orleans? There's a lot of booze and crawfish and oysters and gambling and voodoo and creole and curses and potions. You got to be careful if you're down there. So I'll let Tom start this one off. Tom, go right ahead. So this is a little tricky. It's kind of the. Um tighter version of what you just described where one team seems to have the advantage, but can you trust the coach? There are also a couple guys on Louisiana who were injured and the coach says he expects them to be back, but will they be back? Will they be a hundred percent? I'm not sure. So uh, Jacksonville has the advantage in terms of just the roster stuff, but they have rich rod. So I'm going to go with ULL Jacksonville State's sort of, I guess, new to this level of competition, relatively speaking. And I'm going to go with the more established team that's been there many times before, not to mention the sort of home-ish team. Ryan? 
Oh boy, Tom, how wrong you are. And here's why. Because we have this thing called the Tarmac Report. And this year on the Tarmac Report, there was consistently two coaches. That would be Butch Jones, and that would be uh, the Southern Miss coach. What's his name? I can't. I, I'm already blacking Will, out. What's it? Will Hurd? Oh, God. What is that guy's name? The Southern Miss. Will Hall. Sorry. Will, Will Hall. Hall. Damn. Close. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Louisiana lost to both of those guys within the last like month of the season. They got blown out by Butch Jones. Blown out. Jacksonville State is clearly the better team. I cannot pick a team that got blown out by Butch Jones and then beat by Will Hall the following week. Just can't do it. That's a fair pick. And, and, and also keep in mind that a good theory in these early games is to take the points when in doubt. So, you know, taking three and a half, three, three and a half with Jacksonville State makes a lot of points. However, I cannot get over the fact of Rich Rod running around New Orleans and his week three, three, five defense. I feel like any coach with a month to prepare for that will eat it alive. Therefore, give me ULL. They might start Manny Fresh at quarterback for all I care. Let's do it. Okay, let's move on here. This let's is a good op- this might be a good segment. Maybe we don't have to do it this time, but like at each bowl game, what washed up celebrity would you like to see at that game? Okay. We can add it. It's not hard. Okay. Uh all right, let's go to the avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl. Live from Mexico City. Nope. Orlando, Florida. (laughs) Strike that. Orlando. Well, that makes no sense. Anyway, Miami of Ohio taking on App State. App State minus six and a half. Total 44 and a half. Let's go through this real quick. Starting quarterback, uh... Avian Smith, who's already the backup, is out for the year. So Henry Hessen, who's completed, who's attempted five college passes ever, will get the start. And on App State, they got four players in the transfer portal, uh, including their leading rusher. Um, So a little bit of issues on both sides. This one's hard. You got a MAC team playing a game in Florida, which is a bad recipe. They usually never show up for that, especially with an unknown quarterback. App State, you know, usually a good team, but they've been a little bit uh, not themselves recently. This is super tough. I'm going to go with an under in this game, under 44.5. I feel like this might be really sloppy, 23-13 type game. Uh, not sure, but give me, give me the under in this game, Ryan, any, any help for this one would be much appreciated. Oh, I got some thoughts on the boys. Don't cry cure bowl because that's what it should be called. And it's bullshit that they threw an avocado in there. There's no avocados. Come on, give me a break. It's the boys. Don't cry cure bowl. Uh, you're right. It's just, it comes down to the quarterback. Miami, Ohio just doesn't have a quarterback. App State does. Like you said, App State's had a bit of a disappointing year, but it's still App State, and they still have a chance to get to nine wins, and I think that matters to them uh, as they make the uh, the jump to the, to the higher conference. So I'm going to go App State, and honestly, Dan, I think App State has a chance to put up close to 40 on their own. So the under... I thought about it, and then I thought, you know what? This might be forty-one ten. So I, I lean, I lean heavy, heavy App State here. So for me, there's a See. few things coming into play. I'm, I'm fading the Mac this whole year. We've been talking about it all year. We've been fading the Mac. They're just not very good this year to begin with. And when you take out the fact that you know you take out their quarterback. That makes Miami of Ohio much worse and much less appealing. The Ryan Spillett theorem of uh, when you're not sure which team is further south. So App State wins that one. 
App State's got more to play for, as you said. Running backs more replaceable in court than quarterback most of the time, although you never know what you're going to get in a bowl game. So I feel like the safest pick in this is App State. I don't love the seven-point line and laying that much, but I do feel like you've got to do it. I, I'm fading the Mac, and I'm not going back on that. Okay, let's move on here. Let's go to the Starco Brands LA Bowl featuring UCLA and Boise State. First of all, Starco Brands. Would anyone like to take a guess on what Starco Brands are? Isn't that tuna fish? No, that's a star kissed. Very close. Uh, I will fill you in. Starco Brands is a lot of different things that come in aerosol cans from like antiperspirant to uh, stuff that smells good. But if you go to their webpage and you hit explore our brands, I want to briefly talk about the first item on their webpage. And that would be a vodka infused whipped cream. That's what they are pushing is their number one product right now. That's right. If you like whipped cream, but you also like to drink, we can combine both in the same. So next holiday season, when you have pumpkin pie with the family, get your vodka-infused whipped cream. Apparently, they make enough money off of this to, to sponsor a bowl game, which means we take the points can sponsor a bowl game. We're close, we man. Should, we're very close. I need like two more raises and we got this. So I've, um, I've always had this idea, this like I call it the like – crossing of success or the, the X theory that, uh, I wanted to hire jaw rule to perform at my house. <laughs> and in, uh, 2002, when I first came up with this idea, it was ridiculous in 2008, you know, he was going down in the X and I was going up in my career, but he was still way unattainable. And the, the, the question is, when do we meet in the middle where this could actually happen? And I think we're getting pretty close, although Ja Rule's, you know, thanks to Firefest, unintentionally, it's made that name larger. So we're still a little way off, but we're not far off. I feel the same way with Take the Point sponsoring a bowl game that um, we're about to hit that center of the X. We're getting very, very close. We've been talking about sponsoring like Shove Park baseball games in our hometown. We got to up our game because one of these bowl games is within reach. The take the points bowl, or would we call it something yeah. else? Mm. Let me think about that for next week. I'll come up with a good name. Um, okay. Um, so this game is totally messed up. It's one of the weirdest games of all. UCLA minus four, 49 and a half. Lot going on here in this game. Boise State's quarterback, Taylor Green, transferring out. Uh, they have an interim coach. So question mark there. UCLA. All kinds of crazy shit. Dante Moore going to the portal. Uh, they have nine other guys in the portal. They have a great uh, edge who's going to the draft, opting out. Um, defensive coordinator left for USC. Offensive coordinator left for Oregon State, which was stupid, but that's how much he must hate Chip Kelly. And their only good player left is Carson Steele, who has not been spotted in practice yet to this point during the bowl season. So he might be on like a farm in Iowa or something. We don't know. Have you seen that guy? Anyway, there's no way to know what's going to happen in this game. None whatsoever. All I know is there's might be three quarterbacks out, a running back out. We're missing coordinators. Chip Kelly might get fired. I don't know what's going on. Under 49 and a half sounds good to me. Uh, I don't see a lot of points being scored in this game. I don't think anybody cares about this game. Total shit show. Give me the under. Ryan. All right. Well, I've been doing more research on this Starco situation, this whipped cream vodka situation. <laughs> Thank you. I'm intrigued, and I found out who is the brand ambassador for the vodka-infused whipped cream. Please, it's a collab. Please let me guess. It's a collab between two female celebrities. Oh, all right. I'm going to be their wrong. Age, their age difference is about 65 years in age difference. Mm. Tom, 
Uh, my guess was going to be Gronk, who should be the person promoting this sort of thing. But two women, 65 years difference. Uh, Taylor Swift and Hillary Clinton. No, I have no clue. That would be Dr. Ruth <laughs> and Cardi B. So I was, it's not even like an 18 year old when you say 65 year difference, company. it's a 35 year old and a 95 year old. Correct. By uh, the way, Dr. Yeah. Ruth, I don't know if you know this, but she at age 95 is now the, um, loneliness ambassador for the state of New York. Like this started in Britain, you know, loneliness is an epidemic and Britain hired like a loneliness ambassador to look into ways of fixing it. She, so New York state copied that just for the state and it's her. And so I guess how she's going to end loneliness is vodka whippets. I believe that is a, if look, if you're I think not, it'll work. I think that's good. It's solid. And you're sad. You got to do laughing gas, right? If you're sad, you take laughing gas. So yeah, let's do some whippets. You can't be uh, sad when you're doing whippets, kids. This is a lesson for the kids out there. It's true. Yeah. So as far as thoughts on the game, um, I love Boise in the spot a lot. Um, I know it's kind of the opposite of what we just talked about where it would be app state game where it's like, well, missing a running back is easily replaceable versus missing a quarterback. This is the rare exception where that is not the case. Boise state's running back is going to be the best player on the field for both teams. And that matters because he announced he's staying at Boise, which means that he is going to put up a monster, I think. And with UCLA missing all their defenders and their defensive coordinator and chips involved and Gronk and Cardi B are going to have a twerk off at halftime. This just, this just smells like UCLA completely shitting the bed and Boise actually beating them by like 17 points. I love Boise in this spot. So I'm also on Boise to maybe a lesser degree of confidence, but UCL is missing way too much. And Boise, I feel because they've now been playing without their coach for what, a month, six weeks, Ryan. So I feel like they've been successful with the interim coach. And so, you know, not having the coach is not that big a deal in this case. And they haven't lost as much on the field as UCLA. So it makes sense to take the points for me. Coming off a huge conference championship win, too. That was huge to beat UNLV. Yeah, they got better, in my opinion, when they um, fired Andy Avalos. Avalos? I always get his name wrong. Yeah. Okay, uh, now we're going to New Mexico. I didn't forget about this one. Don't worry. It is the... It is the... Isleta New Mexico Bowl. Isleta is a casino, resort, golf club... They, they, they own a lot of stuff in New Mexico, so they got the cash to sponsor this. This is in Albuquerque. It's New Mexico State and Diego Pavia taking on Fresno State. New Mexico State minus 3.5, total 51.5. Look, you don't need to know anything else. It's New Mexico State playing at home in a bowl game, going for their 11th win. They just gave up a million points in their conference title game. They also score a lot of points. Give me over 51 and a half. I think both teams score a lot of points. Uh, there are some opt-outs. New Mexico State has a, a wide receiver who got 10 TDs who's out, but he's a wide receiver. Uh, there's some guys out for Fresno State. Their coach, Jeff Tedford, stepping away due to health concerns. Who knows what's going on here? But um, New Mexico State's involved. Give me the over. Tedford's going to the bar with Urban Meyer. They're hanging That's out. That's what I was thinking. I, I know. All right, Tom, Dan, Dan, I got to call you out because this is, uh, I didn't say it last game, but one of our policies on take the points is for the bowl season, you must pick a side. So no, just saying the over under, you know, people rely on this with their bowl pools. You must pick. Thank you very much. New Mexico State. Uh, they've been good to me all year. Uh, keeping it going. All right. So I'm just going to second that. Um, this seems Fairly even to me, but we've been riding New Mexico and we love uh, Pavia. So let's go. Ryan? 
yeah, I mean, that seems like the right play. The Tedford thing is the only thing that I kind of hesitate on. Like, what's going on there? Like, stepping away for health reasons. Like, I just get this weird, like, let's win one for coach here type vibe. And it just makes me really, really nervous. That's the only hesitation I have. I am going to pick New Mexico State, but I, I just kind of I want to dig into this Tedford situation and see a little bit more into this. Yeah, stepping aside for health reasons is the really like this could go either way. It could be an Urban Meyer thing where they're using health as in. I mean, you know, he did have an issue, but it could be a cover up for something. It could be something bad, like a scandal forthcoming. Or it could be like a real legitimate health concern that's going to rally the team. So it really could, when you hear that, it could swing the pendulum one way or the other. Or it could just be he's going to retire after the bowl game and it's just like, ah, we're done with him. Like, ah, moving on. Okay, let's move on here. We're going to the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. Radiance Technologies is a fake tech company. Let me just read their their their, their opening line. Who, who are we? This is complete bullshit. Radiance applies our cyber capabilities in a novel and unique way to support the intelligence community, armed services, research laboratories, and test ranges. There's no information in there. No one knows what you do as a company. But uh, listen, as the tech guy of this podcast, there's two types of tech company. There's all tech companies do this, but there's two types. There's one type that's like, we provide solutions for business oriented, blah, blah, blah. And then you find out they make like, um, you know, an, uh, a module that like goes on your Microsoft teams or something insignificant. And then there's the other type of generic tech company that purposely doesn't say what they do because they're like, they're spying on your only fans calls. Yeah. This sounds like the latter. Yes, it does. Very shady. Okay. And, and it's, you know, based on these two teams, very shady. It's Cal Texas tech, Texas tech minus three total 57 and a half. There is a lot going on in this game. Texas tech is like, for the fifth year in a row, just has a moving pile of players. You don't know who's playing at quarterback or wide receiver, who's coaching. They got 12 players in the portal. They have multiple people injured. Uh, the good news for them is their starting running back, Taj Brooks, says he's coming back next year. And he was actually the leading rusher in the Big 12 uh, this year. Cal on the other side, a lot of moving pieces as well. Don't know who's playing quarterback, but they have a great running back as well. Fun fact, wide receiver Taj Davis uh, is no longer with the program. He transferred from Washington last year to be the number one at Cal. It did not work out, so he's on his way out again, um, which is funny because he actually played a lot of snaps last year over Roma Dunze, which is crazy going back and looking at the uh, box scores. Anyway... Weird game. Two great running backs. Um, I feel like this game means a little bit more to Cal than it does uh, Texas Tech, but super hard game to pick. Um, I actually don't want to be the first one to pick this. Ryan, go ahead. Good luck with this one. This game's super fucking hard. I was fully expecting this to be the your opinion is wrong full edition game because it this could is be. ex- <laughs> impossible. I have my notebook here. You guys can see I have a notebook. Next to this game, I wrote, no clue, both teams' portal situation. And I have no pick. I have not circled either team on this sheet because I literally have no idea. This is so hard. You must pick. Uh, Okay. Well, for that reason, I'll go ahead and... I'm going to go ahead and follow my number one rule, which is take the team that's more south. And Texas Tech has more players from Texas, so I'm taking Texas Tech. This is fun because me and you are going to debate and have an argument over who's going to win in a team where nobody knows any of the starting players. And it's literally just a coin flip. But I, um, first off, when we started the show and I talked about some teams if it's not even the team that played this season that we'll see, I was specifically, I was thinking about a bunch of games, but this was the most specific one 
both of these teams are essentially the B squad. So anyone who says they know what they're talking about has no clue. I mean, maybe like Phil Steele knows what's up, but nobody else does. So I'm going to go, I'm going to forget about players and just go with what I know, which is motivation. You've got Cal from the dissolving conference. First off, best conference in football this year was not the SEC. It was the Pac-12. So you've got the team from the better conference who fared pretty well against really good opponents. And, um, you know, Cal scored a lot of points, so they can certainly put up points. We know Texas Tech can score too, but they also allow a lot of points. And uh, I feel like Cal's just got something to prove in the last year before they moved to the ACC, which I'm sure their players and coaches aren't thrilled about. Like nobody really wanted that. It was a move out of desperation. So every Pac-12 team has something to play for as the Pac-12 ends. But um, I think I'd take Cal in a toss-up and the fact that you get three points also makes a lot of sense. So I feel, for a weird reason, I feel strongly about this one, even though we have no clue. Cal. It's a super hard game. Uh, keep in mind that this game's in Shreveport, Louisiana. So you're thinking Shreveport, Louisiana, New Orleans, wrong. Shreveport <laughs> is up near the uh, Texas, uh, that's like up, Mississippi that's, yeah, that's upstate border way up north. It's, like, it's not even really Louisiana. It might be one of the worst locations for any bowl game. Um, this is the, the Oswego of Louisiana. Yes, it is. Well said. Um, excellent analogy, Tom. I'm taking the points. Give me the Pac-12 plus three, and we'll let the chips fall where they may. Okay. I feel like we have to bet this one. It makes it we more will. fun. Well, I mean, we would anyway. This. I'm going to bet every game like I always do. It's in bowl Saturday season. night. Okay. How can I what's not? The over-under? What's the over-under on this game, Dan? 57 and a half. Points. No clue. It's two running backs. The clock's running now. It's equally shady. It's right on. But this game's on the same time as UCLA Boise. So just put both games in the hat. Both sides <laughs> over under and just pick two of them and wager on those. I, You know what? I think I'm going to do that. And I'm going to film it and show you guys the results. I think we should all games. do this. I think we should all do a different <laughs> two- two leg parlay on this game. We'll coordinate. We all have to pick different things and we'll just see who wins. I take, I'm taking over. Yeah. I'm taking the over in Cal. You want to Cal over? I want to, I want to combined over 57 and then I want Boise. Okay. Then I'll take the other side. It doesn't matter to me. It's all the, it's all the fucking same. It doesn't matter. Um, Okay. Let's move on to Monday for the famous toastery bowl. Uh, from the home of losers, Charlotte, North Carolina, Jerry Richardson Stadium. Uh, every game that plays there is terrible, whether it's the Carolina Panthers or the ACC title game or the kickoff game before the season started. We haven't had a good game of football in the stadium in like four years. Uh, every game that's played here fucking sucks, and this is no exception. Western Kentucky, Old Dominion, Old Dominion, minus two and a half. Over under 54 and a half. Okay, before I go to anything else, just go ahead and put money on the under. No one scores points in this stadium ever. It's cursed. Cursed, I say. This game's going under by 20 points. Lock of the whole bowl season. Okay, let's go to the, the opt-out nonsense. Western Kentucky's missing about nine people. Um, they have a, a, a really great left guard who's going pro. Uh, yeah, he's out. Great. Um, Old Dominion missing like six people, whatever, including, you know, I think it's important to see which of these special teams players out. So Old Dominion, Old Dominion's punter is out. So I guarantee that whoever the backup is, is terrible, is going to punt a 13 yarder for sure in this game. Um, for that reason, give me Western Kentucky and all the money on the under. Nobody scored more than 23 points in this game. This isn't the Western Kentucky team with Bailey Zappi. This team sucks. They have Austin Reed, who's horrible. I've watched them all year. Uh, and Old Dominion blows, too. So lock up the under. Fade the team without a punter. Have a drink. Ryan, go ahead. Uh, okay. 
Is first of all, is Austin Reed playing? Allegedly, yes. Oh, he is going to play. He's not on the list of opt-outs or portal or anything. But that doesn't mean he it can't says, change his it mind. Says reports, it says reports have surfaced that starting QB Austin Reed could miss the bowl. With backup Great. under Caden, with, with backup Caden Veltkamp in the portal, redshirt freshman Turner Helton. Helton, interesting, 21 total snaps would likely get the start. Um, yes, Old Dominion is actually pretty good. And Dan already said Western Kentucky blows. So I like Old Dominion in this spot. Uh, Western Kentucky has no quarterback potentially, and three of their five starting offensive linemen are out. So, yeah, let's go ahead and take Old Dominion, who for most of the year until Vatek made the quarterback switch was the second best team in the state of Virginia. Fun fact. James Madison, Old Dominion were better than Virginia and Virginia Tech for most of the year. They're still better than Virginia anyhow. Yeah. Tom. Yes. So this is a tricky one because as you mentioned, guys um, enter the transfer portal but can still play. And so in addition to sucking, Western Kentucky also in the transfer portal, three of their starting offensive linemen but we don't know if they're going to play. There's reports that some of them might play. So we don't know, but I'm going to assume that they're out because they're in the transfer portal. And, uh, you know, I'll look into this further as the game gets closer, but football's one in the trenches and old dominion's got a good team. And if Western Kentucky's trying to replace three of five offensive linemen, <clears throat> I think that doesn't bode well. And Ricky Ronnie, I am more shocked than anyone as a Penn state fan, but this guy was a bad coordinator, failed upward into being a head coach, and has turned out to be a pretty good head coach. The first guy ever to be a better head coach than coordinator. Probably not the first guy ever, but it's a little rare. It usually works the opposite. So he's done a good job. He's got a good team. I like Old Dominion in this game. Okay, just, just keep in mind the under is coming in, whatever you do. All right, let's move on here to Scooter's Coffee Frisco Bowl in Frisco, Texas. First of all, I'm not a coffee drinker, so I may not be hip to it. Ryan, have you heard of Scooter's Coffee? Never in my life. Me neither, but I just Googled them. There's nine of them in the greater Phoenix area. Are you aware of that? No I've clue. Never, never seen one once. Lived here 13 years or whatever. Drive around, drove like 200,000 miles in the city. Haven't seen one ever. Allegedly on the map. There's some everywhere. In fact, well, let me zoom in here yeah. real quick. Give me, some, give me some cross streets here, bro. All right. Indian School and 7th Ave. Right, that's two and a half miles from your house. Uh, Three and a half. Four. Like four. Yeah, okay. four miles. Not far. No. There's one on McDowell and 44th Street. That's even closer to my house, kind of. Well, There's I just drive two. that part of town more. Wait, 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 McDowell's McDowell and 44th street. Yeah. That's where Del Taco is. I know. How right the hell the street? I, how have I not seen a place that's literally next to my favorite fast food? I'm in zoomed Phoenix? in right now. Del, there, there, there's a little Caesars across the street. There is a Polish club called the Pulaski club, by the oh way, on the other side of the street. And then there's the fucking Scooter's Coffee on the corner. So I didn't want to anyway. tell you guys, but I actually own that block. I started a <laughs> I started an Eastern European club, a Little Caesars, and a coffee shop, and a and a taco drive-through. That's all you need. All right. Anyway, Scooter's Coffee. Never heard of it. They're, apparently, they're everywhere. UTSA Marshall. This is messed up. UTSA minus 13, total 52 and a half. UTS coach Jeff Trailer staying with UTSA. Uh, kind of big news. Um, given how they got worked against Tulane, I didn't think that was actually going to happen. Transfer portal. AAC Defensive Player of the Year, Trey Moore for UTSA is in the portal. 
That's not good. Marshall, starting quarterback, Cam Fancher is in the transfer portal. So who's going to play quarterback? Cole Pennington. And oh, I'm yes. pretty sure we're old enough. That's got to be Chaz Pennington's son. It, it, it has is. to be. Yes, correct. Okay, there we go. Great. I'm, um, you know, we've been doing the show too long because not, I was hoping you'd bring that up. Not only did you, but you used the exact intonation and like setup that I would have used as well. That's, that's all you need to, to know time. about this game. I mean, spoiler alert. When I hear yes. a Pennington is starting for Marshall, my money's going down. Yep, you're right, Tom. I don't need to hear anything else. Give me Marshall in the 13 and a half, and I'm not looking back. Ryan, thoughts? Uh, well, as a true Bills fan, knowing that rag-arm sack of crap actually wasn't any good, uh, I'm going to go ahead and go the other way. Because as we've discussed on every single game this bowl season, that the transfer portal and the opt-outs and the leaving is the most important. However, the actual most important is Jeff Trailer staying at UTSA. That's, I think, the biggest factor in this game of anything is the fact that all these players are like, holy shit, coach didn't take a better job and abandon us? Like, he must really think we can do something next year. Like, that actually matters. And, like, for that reason... I am taking UTSA despite the 13 points as my number one confidence in the entire bowl season. I think I love, I love the motivation factor of Jeff trailer staying. I can't believe he's staying. That's amazing. And the game's in Texas. Let's go. That noodle, that noodle arm is going to take all your money. I just looked it up, by the way. Marshall has three guys currently on their roster whose dads also played for Marshall. That's the only reason why you should go to college in West Virginia ever. Well, the West Virginia, there's your answer. They're probably all related, too. That's also true. Okay, here we go. First big game of the bowl season. We've made it. Thursday, December 21st. The RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl featuring South Florida and Syracuse. I'm convinced they only picked these two teams because residents from these two towns have the most roof claims of any place in the country. <laughs> Correct. Between hurricanes and lake effects. Hur- hurricanes snow. and snow, yes. There's so many roof claims getting <laughs> issued off by both of these teams. Oh, hurricane? This is oh, targeted marketing, baby. Ice on the roof, <laughs> claim it. So <laughs> the commercial thing <laughs> sit on the podcast the entire season. This is I can't even pick a side after this. This is this is just a complete psyop for roofclaims.com or whatever. This the game commercials isn't even during this game are gonna be so great. Oh, so many roof claims. I hope that every advertiser in this game is just about fixing snow and rain damage. It's got to be. What else could it be? That's the only reason to watch this game. I I can't wait to watch it now. Yeah, I don't care about the games. I just need some tips for the winter season. (laughs) Well, make sure that what you want to do is get on your roof in upstate with the shovel. You're going to shovel yeah, your yeah. roof. That's a great but idea. Don't Dan. shovel it into your driveway because then you got to shovel that too. Just shovel it onto your lawn. Nobody cares. Take, get, um, get a get a flamethrower. It's mm-hmm. the easiest way to do things. You know, shoveling takes too long, but a flamethrower will melt that in no time with no repercussions. Uh okay. Back to business. Syracuse minus three total sixty and a half. This is UCF's first bowl since 2018. They've overcome a rash of bad coaches recently and have made it back to a bowl game. Uh, Their starting quarterback is in the transfer portal, but he didn't play it all this year. The Baylor transfer, Jerry Bohannon. They don't really have anyone else. Syracuse, uh, as you know, Dino has been fired. Um, Nunzio will be the interim coach. Um, they have I've definitely they've already hired their new head coach and seems to be some nice play, uh, coaches coming to join that staff. Got to give Syracuse some credit. Um, 
They have a couple players in the portal, starting edge, Leon Lowry. Uh, Garrett Schrader allegedly will be healthy, but I don't know what they're doing here. I don't have the inside scoop on the Syracuse football team as far as this game goes. I need some help. Ryan, go ahead. Uh, well, the news is the entire Syracuse roster is in the transfer portal. Um the portal tracker we have is not actually uh, up to date on the Syracuse side because I was on Syracuse.com earlier today and they are at 12 current players uh, in the transfer portals, what they have listed so far. Um, however, they also have a lot of guys visiting from like high programs, like a starting defensive end from Texas A&M is visiting Syracuse, like wide receiver from Georgia visiting Syracuse. Um, I think there's a guy from Florida State visiting Syracuse as well. So, like, it's pretty interesting. Um, Syracuse is going to win the transfer portal. It doesn't help them in this bowl game, but overall it's going to end up well for them. Yeah, so I just think that they overall, there's a little, little optimism. You know, a lot of guys leaving and all that, but I think South Florida sucks Mm -hmm. and I am shocked that they even made a bowl game and got bowl eligible. Um, That I just, that's shocking to me that they made a bowl game. So as bad as I think Syracuse is, I think South Florida's worse. Hang on. Let me pull up the schedule here real quick. Let's see what's how'd South Florida get their wins. Let's see. Uh, fake win versus Florida a- AMU or whatever. Florida AM. That's not a real win. They beat Rice, Navy, Yukon, Temple, Charlotte. So, of their Bad. six wins to get bowl eligible, one is an HBCU, one is Yukon, and one is Temple. Yeah, I'm actually going to take Syracuse in this spot. Uh, and I like that I'm getting the plus four and a half because South Florida actually blows. Tom, um, yeah, no, I'm with you 100%. I mean, Syracuse didn't play great in ACC play, but they were all right early in the season when they were playing easier teams from out of conference. And uh, USF qualifies to me is an easier team from out of conference. So especially with Schrader healthy, I think he runs all over them and what I assume will be some nice weather. I mean, check the weather. If it's rainy, this is an auto under game, but if it's nice, Schrader can run around and beat these guys and Cuse things are looking up. And I think, uh, is Garrick Schrader done with his career or is he coming back for year 14? Either way, you know, it's a nice way to st- to end his career or, end this season and look to next year. So who knows? Depends on who they bring in from the portal at quarterback. Cause he is definitely replaceable. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's playing for uh, something. Okay. Last game of the week to discuss Friday night, the union home mortgage Gasparilla bowl. From the big pirate ship in Tampa, Florida. Hits <coughs> Georgia Tech against UCF. Kind of a fun game, actually. Um, Sne- sneaky, underrated game. Definitely the best one we've discussed of this first crop. Yeah, uh, Georgia Tech, not too many. Um, or actually, uh, each team, uh, hardly any... Uh, Transfer issues or injuries or opt-outs. Pretty straightforward. So you got Haynes King and the newly revamped Georgia Tech offense going up against uh, uh, Reese Plumley and the Malzahn speed rushing attack. Should be a fun kind of game. Um, the spread is UCF minus four and a half at home, 64 and a half. You know what? Give me Georgia Tech. I feel like uh, they want to finish with a winning season. Um, This game's a coin flip. Georgia Tech's played pretty well in some spots this year. Give me four and a half with them. I don't love it, but I don't like laying four and a half with Malzahn either. I don't trust him. 
Um, but yeah, Georgia Tech's my pick. So be it, Ryan. No, I totally agree. It's actually that's my pick too. Um, this is a, this shockingly should be a two and a half or three point line. I don't know why this is not a three point line, and that extra point and a half or extra two. Um, is just way too enticing. So I'm going to take the ACC team and the team that does not have Gus Melzahn, who may devise a great game plan. He may be drunk on the sidelines. He may be on plenty of fish looking for some side action. We don't know what's going on with Melzahn. So I'm going to go ahead and take Georgia Tech. I don't know what plenty of fish is. Is this the replacement for Ashley Madison? It's just like a knockoff budget version of Tinder. Like a shitty version of Tinder. Okay, so it's that not was, explicitly for cheating. No, it was just a joke that he is uh, so budget that he would go with the like third tier dating app. All right, that's good. Um, I like Georgia Tech as well. They have had a nice season. I think they're a team on the upswing. UCF is a little more inconsistent. But UCF also has had a few games where they look great. I mean, they smoked Oklahoma State. If they play like that, I think they could win this game by 20 points. So um, my the I'm going to bet an over in this game, even though it's high, and um, look for a high-scoring, fun, exciting game. And if I have to pick a side, I'm going with Georgia Tech in the points. But I think I like the over. I think this is going to be a shootout. I like okay, it. well, we've made it through our first part of the Bulls. As we mentioned before, these games are highly suspect. Um, try not to wager all your money uh, or wager it all and find more because you might need it after these games are over. Um, let's talk playoff predictions. Let's get this out of the way. Before the season, we all gave our predictions uh Ryan picked Washington to win the national championship. His other final four picks were ambitious, uh, but not as accurate. Tom picked Michigan, Washington, Alabama, and Florida State with Michigan. I got screwed beating with yes, correct, with Michigan beating Washington the national title game. Jeez. I had the same final four as Tom. I had Michigan, Washington, Alabama, and Florida State as well. And I had, or sorry, he has Alabama over Washington. I picked Alabama to win the title. I picked Michigan to beat Washington in the national title game. So we're very live here. So one of us is going to, well, I mean, unless Texas upsets Washington, but if Washington wins, one of us is going to be correct in the final. Yes, we're close. Look, in my defense. (laughs) Well, well, because if Washington wins, Ryan's right. Correct. Yes. In in my defense, I picked Washington to beat Florida State in the title game. And if Jordan Travis doesn't break his leg in 17 mm-hmm. places, I think I'm 100% still correct. Because I think it would have been yeah. Washington, Florida State in the championship. So I was close. Yes. And Florida was, State would have to also, be in with Travis. I mean, 100%. I got Yurkiched. All right. Look, I got Yurkiched hard. Because I bought the Drew Haller hype that they were going to let him cook and let him be a five-star on the field. I got hosed. Penn State, I mean, I know that they looked really bad offensively in their two big games, the only two anyone watched. But, like, they did win every other game very convincingly. And they could have won Ohio State or Michigan or both if they had – even an okay offense because their defense played great. So like that pick is not that outrageous. I mean, you were pretty close. Yeah. But, uh, the old miss one was just, uh, that's where you're picking with your heart and not your head. Uh, I really wanted lane train. I thought this was his, his big chance, but, uh, lane and, you know, uh, it's funny that they're playing each other, which we'll talk about in a couple of weeks, but like Penn state and old miss are two, programs that are kind of like on the cusp. They really need like a couple big players to give them that push into playoff caliber team. They're just not quite there, but they're really not that far off either of them. They, they both basically beat everyone on their schedule, except the top two teams. Yeah. 
Ole Miss lost to Georgia and Alabama, and Penn State lost to Michigan and Ohio State. They're like the exact same team. Yeah, I mean, we've t- we talked about it many times, <laughs> but like the top eight teams this year are head and shoulders above everyone else. And so, you know, Penn State, Ole Miss are like among the best at that next drop-off, but the gap is pretty significant. Okay, now we're not going to go into breaking down these two playoff games all the way, but just some early thoughts and predictions a little bit. First of all, briefly, in under 10 seconds or less, was Florida State screwed over? Ryan. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, that was 10 seconds. Tom. Yes, yes, but I get it. Yeah, they were screwed over. However, Alabama's a better team right now. So I don't know. I still don't know what the right answer is, to be honest with you. Okay. It's it's a Alabama's better than them without Travis. We all know it. They deserve it, but they're not one of the best four. And it is a TV product, whether you like that or not. Like they don't want them getting boat raced in the first game. Huh. Okay, so let's talk potential storylines here real quick. It seems like in years past, whenever the committee has a questionable decision, the team that they questionably put in finds a way to win, at least the first game. I think there's a heavy case to be made that the NCA really wants Alabama to win to justify their selection and to get Harbaugh and his two suspensions out of here as well. And it's the SEC against the Big Ten. Don't forget. So I'm leaning Alabama early, but I need to look into more information. Z, thoughts on the first game? Um, I mean, it's weird that I made – I don't even – barely remember our week one predictions when I said Alabama over Washington. But like, if you ask me now, I don't think I'm changing my pick at all from that week one thing, even though I've oscillated throughout the season. Uh, I don't like Michigan's, you know, us against the world mentality when they brought all of their adversity upon themselves. I don't like their cockiness heading into Alabama. It's weird to see Alabama as sort of an underdog. And I don't think that bodes well. I still don't think Milrose a great quarterback. I think he's definitely gotten better throughout the course of the season and is now above average and he can hurt you with his feet. But um, I don't know. To me, Alabama, Michigan's a coin flip and uh, I like Washington. Ryan thoughts on the first two games. Um, I think that. Max Duggan is not a, as good a quarterback as Milrow. And I think Duggan lit up Michigan's defense last year. And Milrow's better good than point. that. I think Alabama boat races them. Oh. Ooh. I, want, I want the highest alt line I could possibly get. I would take Alabama minus 14 and a half without even even blinking. I think they're going to beat the shit out of Harbaugh because coaching matters. And in a game like this, when you tell Nick Saban that you're an underdog and you're no one believes in you and no one thinks your team, a lot of people didn't think your team even deserved to get in. Guess what Nick Saban's going to do? He's going to be the best goddamn coach in the history of college football which is what he's been for the last 20 fucking years. You know what Harbaugh is? A piece of shit. (laughs) Wow. I think Saban's going to absolutely smack the balls off of Harbaugh. Let's go. Wow. Excellent work, Ryan. I love it. Um, I'm going to take the two teams with the number one and two coaches in America and the number one and two players going to the NFL on the rosters. Give me Alabama and Washington. And I need some time to break down this game. But the only hesitation I have with Washington against Texas, the only, the only hesitation I have 
is that the national title game is in Houston. And a little bit scared of some shady nonsense and phantom pass interferences to make sure Texas plays in Houston for the national title. That's the only thing that makes me scared. If the national title game was at the Rose Bowl, I'd bet my whole net worth on Washington. But I'm still going to bet a lot of Washington, plus the points. But uh, anyway, we'll see. Here's a question for you guys. Did is this going to be the one and only time that we're going to have a, well, actually it is because it's, we're going to go to 12 teams. So I guess it's kind of an irrelevant point, but did you ever think that we get a four team playoff and only one player was actually a Heisman finalist of in these four games? So that's kind of an interesting kind of situation there that only one player was a Heisman finalist. So I'm going to go ahead and pick the team who had the best player. Wait, wait, what are you talking about? J.J. McCarthy and Blake Corum got first place Heisman votes from some jag off in fucking Ann Arbor, which is the dumbest thing I've seen in a long time. Fuck that. That's the that's infuriating. <laughs> you should lose your vote. You should lose your vote. Blake Corum. Blake Corum, huh? Yeah, Blake Corum. Like, if he gets hurt, you don't think uh, Edwards would have put up yeah, the same the numbers? Yeah, the thing, I mean, Blake Corum, Blake Corum is not... Jumping over the top against Minnesota, really. Yeah, they didn't, Ooh, they didn't they lose much when they lost him last year. I, I mean... Nothing. It's the thing about Michigan, why they're, like, not fun to watch and why people undervalued them all year. I mean, their schedule sucked. But also, they are a team built around the lines, the offensive line especially. And so, Corum's good but so is Edwards and so is the third stringer. And like Corum is not valuable to that team. He's good, but he's not an MVP. McCarthy, McCarthy, you can, you know, you can make the case that their program has jumped up a level under McCarthy as opposed to Cade McNamara and Milton and others. You could also make the case that that's when they started cheating or that Joe Milton and Cade McNamara are both very bad. I can't wait until the Pats win one more stupid game and oh end up drafting God. J.J. McCarthy at eight this year. It's going to be the best to watch them be shit again to get Mac Jones Jr. <laughs> All right. Do you guys, I, I want to add, I have, if you guys have the time, I have like four other things I want to ask you guys about that are not really that related. But I want to I want to wrap up all the playoff and uh, bowl talk because if this goes long, I'll do this as a separate episode.